You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. At the bottom of the hour, uh, Speargrass Golf Show. It's how we wrap up every Friday. We're also giving away movie tickets to The Equalizer 3. It's very simple. In honor of a Dutch TikTok influencer, Vera Diekmans, who's a, a lovely lady, by the way, um, she's taking applications for a uh, boyfriend. What would be on your boyfriend application? What are some of the highlights? 960, 960, name and location. Some of these are really good, and some of these are brutally honest. We'll play them after the Speargrass Golf Show, and if we pick your text message, guess what? You're going to see the Equalizer 3 with Denzel Washington. But right now, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, he is the host of Sportsnet Central. I'm sure watching Canada-Brazil as we speak, we say good morning to Tim McAuliffe. Hey, Timmy, how are you? You are indeed correct. I am sitting in the backyard trying to enjoy the last fragments of summer while watching yes. uh, Canada lead Brazil by six. Um, we had a, we just had a conversation uh, with one of uh, one of the men in your your bald guy fraternity, Ryan Leslie. Yeah, yeah. And How's he said, the bald white guy still going? What's going on?" Yeah, he uh, he said this. He Wagner, was in line too. at the bank. Yeah. He was in line at the bank, Timmy, and he looked up at the security cameras like, "Who's that guy losing his hair?" He's like, "Oh God, that's me." He had, and then, then he realized it was time. It was, yeah. yeah, it was time to shave the head. Like he, when was your aha moment? Because you, you're like much like Ryan Leslie, you look good bald. It suits you. Like you I'm got OG. you got a nice I'm head. OG bald white guy. Like I am OG yeah. bald white guy on national television. Like, be yeah, honest, how many times you have you guys had a bald white guy show? And I feel like <laughs> I might be. I was forced into it very early. Uh, I was in university, and I remember losing my hair. And then uh, I was on national TV and uh, on the score television network and i had had to go to the caesar haircut uh, because the front had gone and i was really young at the time i I was probably i don't know like 22 23 and uh, my boss at the score anthony chichoni great guy wonderful guy uh, came from a haircutting family and worked in a salon while, while growing up and he said uh, I said, listen, I, I'm just going to shave it. I have no problem having a shaved head. Um, seen this guy, Mark Messier, do pretty good with the shaved head. Uh, there's this dude like mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. He's done pretty good with the shave. I'm just going to shave it. And and he said, no, you're going to look like a punk because you're too young. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so for years, I and I'm talking years, I yeah. clung to hair that I didn't want. <laughs> And he kept sending oh. me to different like salons around Toronto that would help me uh, somehow hide the fact that I was losing hair, even though I didn't give a bleep. And maybe like a you know like a year and a half into it, I just walked into his office with clippers and said, "Like, dude, you do it or I'm doing it. Like, this is ridiculous." <laughs> and uh, he finally let me shave my head. So I I, I did negotiate over a year and a okay. half with my career seemingly hanging in the balance. To shave I, this, I, uh, this fat dome of mine. Uh, I again, it looks really good. Um, have you ever thought about bringing back the soul patch? <laughs> uh, the soul patch was uh, was one of those things. So whenever we do like photo shoots in 
in, you know, like you guys do them for, you know, billboards or advertising online. I'll tell people like, don't do anything that seems trendy at the time. Cause you'll end up like this. And I'll show them the picture of me with the soul patch, which at the time was my only semblance of any sort of hairstyle, which is why I'm always uh, messing with my facial hairs because I, I, all I want is a hairstyle. I miss hairstyles. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Um, Soul Patch is timeless, though, Timmy. It's definitely timeless. No, it's regrettable. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I was walking around downtown <laughs> Regina one time. I used to do the Ty Cats play by play. This would be a quick story. And yeah. uh, I'm walking downtown Regina, and this group of kids get out of a cab, inebriated. Uh, and one of them just looks at me and goes, Hey, are you Tim McAuliffe? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah. And he goes, I love you, man, but you got to get rid of the Soul Patch. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, and it was just such <laughs> truthful honesty, like in yeah. a moment where, and he seemed earnest. And I just said, not his name, but how he was feeling. Uh, and I, and I just said, you know what, this kid's right. <laughs> yep. They say when you're drunk, the honesty really comes out, uh, Timmy. And yeah. clearly, that's how we felt about your soul patch. Uh, can I give you a, a Canada basketball right. take you've never heard before, and it's really stupid? Uh-oh. All right. Uh, is it me or Dylan Brooks looks like a cobra? <laughs> yeah, I can see You're it. never going to unsee no, it now that not, I told you it's that. It's not even that close. Yeah, He looks like a cobra. I, 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 and, but it, it has to do with the way he plays. Like even his three-point shooting stroke, like there's no lift in his jumper. <laughs> Like a cobra wouldn't be able to to jump. Uh, I don't think. I don't. I'm not. I'm no right. Uh, what do you uh, horticulturist? What, what, what do you call those guys? I, I'm no Ron McGill uh, from the Dan Lebertard show. I don't know that cobras can leap. Uh, but when he shoots the three, there's like uh, yeah some sort of like just standing like slither. And as soon as you said that, that's what I thought of, along with the haircut, of course. Yeah, looks like a cobra. Like, my big thing with snakes is how do they move so fast without legs? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, uh, maybe you can do a segment with some sort of zoologist uh, to yes. answer these, the questions that have plagued men for, for time. Right. And, and listen, uh, the, the cobra thing I can see is absolutely ridiculous, but I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. Yeah. Or if yeah. you're a giraffe in a zoo, Timmy, it's the saddest yeah. thing because he can see the way out. <laughs> I was watching Shea Gilgis Alexander get called for an offensive like, and I heard what you said, and I'm just not going to acknowledge it. Matt, do you have any okay, questions? good. Yeah. <laughs> you should. There's like 30 yeah. seconds left in this half. Canada is looking pretty good right yeah. now. They got great chances. You, you can't, you can't give us the nothing. These are on, the things I think about on, on snakes not things. having legs or giraffes needing to get. It. It's okay. We can talk yeah, about FIBA. No, it's part of the reason why I love and hate George. <laughs> yeah, see? Same. Yeah, see? Oh, my yeah. goodness. See? The same. Uh, <laughs> they are playing Brazil right now. They're trying yeah. to deal with uh, old Bruno Caboclo and, and this entire thing. But this has been great to see just Canada, especially with the result earlier today with Latvia and Spain, probably going to get into the quarterfinals if they can keep this up against uh, Brazil here. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is like, I don't know what the final line was in this game, but it was high. It was like 19 or something. Or, I don't even. 
someone yelled it out in the newsroom last night, and I was like, they're favorite by that much? Uh, I don't really like that number. And they're like, I'm going to blow them out. And I just, like, these games, uh, I mean, if you've watched Canada basketball for a long time, I know not everyone has, like, these games have this tendency of being weird. And you just, you have to, and Canada the same way this entire tournament, you have to figure out ways to gut wins out. And so far, they've been really, really good at it. And that is, like, that's a real good harbinger. Like, fell behind against France, blew them out, fell behind against Latvia, where it looked like, oh, dear, like, maybe Latvia is this team of destiny. They're not that bad. They're not that bad. They're, you know, like, and Canada blew them out. And here against Brazil, the, the, the opening quarter, again, Canada down, and uh, finding ways to make sure that they assert themselves. And for me, like, that's a great harbinger. It's like, you know the teams that go through and they win by 20 and never really get tested the first time they get tested? You feel like, oh, dear God, what's happening here? Uh, right. Canada's been tested a bunch of different times, and I've loved the response. And now up 10, uh, holding for the last shot, like another good response. We'll see how the third goes, which has been really good for Canada. Um all right, it ends a 10-point lead at halftime. We'll get the buzzer here. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to do play-by-play, but we're all Sportsnet family. So Sportsnet broadcast. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so this is, this is, I think this is a good thing as you move forward. And because uh, Latvia beat Spain earlier today, this game becomes all the more important. But, but low-scoring, ugly, if you can get a couple of wins where you're looking great and winning and doing what they're doing right now and winning, uh, I think that's a good harbinger of things to come. Uh, Tim McAuliffe, um, the host of Sports at Central, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Broadcast Hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960. The fan, isn't it incredible what 12 months does in sports? Uh, 12 months ago, there was still a ton of cynicism and negativity surrounding Canada's men's basketball team. Too much talent. Why can't you get it done? Look what the men's soccer team's doing. Incredible. Qualifying for the World Cup. And now all of a sudden, John Herdman's gone. Uh, the program seems like in disarray. There's no direction. The whole mess with Canada soccer. And now the basketball team looks primed that they could potentially win a medal next summer in Paris, Timmy. Yeah, you know what's funny is I uh, I had Michael Bartlett, who was the president of Canada Basketball in studio uh, last year, and off camera we were just talking about the success of Canada soccer, and like I said, hey, deep, like is that like? And he's like, absolutely, that's the plan. Like that's the the momentum that they've gained, the way that because let's be honest here, right? Like seven million people in Canada watch the Toronto Raptors. Uh, win a world championship, quote unquote. And you look at the numbers of this Canada World Cup team, and like there are there are people who call themselves basketball fans in this country who need a roadmap to find Canada basketball. And to me, it's ridiculous. The rest of the world, um, you know. We we watch curling because we're good at it, right? Like <laughs> Canadians will watch curling en masse because that's something that we do well. And yet we can't find a sport where a bunch of people walking down the street say, oh, yeah, I'm a huge basketball fan. Name me four guys on Canada's national basketball team. And they can't do it. Like To me, it's like mind-blowing. And I think what you're seeing right now in this moment could be the flip on that narrative where if Canada wins, if Canada shows well, 
there are people who are waiting to jump on that bandwagon. I hate that it comes to this, but you're right, George. Like this 12-month span for Canada basketball, I think really could change things, especially if they end up in Paris in 2024 when all the major manufacturers are telling their athletes, you go to this one. Yeah. Timmy, now that Austin Matthews is signed, what's the big discourse around the Leafs in your neck of the woods? Is it all William Nylander? The same thing it's always oh, been. Oh, good. And that is, can they get past the first round? <laughs> Are they the team? Is this talent going to come through? I mean, yes, uh, micro, uh, macro, that's what it is. Micro, you're right. Like It's like, okay, so who's next? What happens with Nylander? What happens with... I know Elliot Friedman sat down with him and asked him. Like I think that there is... Listen, um, my running theory on what happened with Kyle Dubas was not what was presented to the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, My running theory was that Kyle Dubas wanted to continue to run the team the way he wanted, and Brendan Shanahan wanted a tougher team. And I think that that's borne out over the summer. I think what you've seen the Leafs attempt to do over the summer is add a little more grit in and around the Morgan Rileys, the Austin Matthews, and the Mitch Marners, because when it comes to the postseason, that hasn't worked all that well. Um, and uh, I think that's what happened there. And I think that, you know, like, listen, I don't think they're done. I don't know they're done. I think they think, I think that they would like to add some more real grit on the back end. And how do you do that? Um, you know, you get, you get a piece of yours and you move them to another team that's looking for that kind of sort of talent. And so I think there's a lot of Leaf fans wondering what the next move could be or should be given contract statuses. What's going to be the best division this year? Because we're feeling like the Pacific is gone from maybe the once trodden on division to arguably the strongest. Um, I could agree with that. I mean, listen, it depends on where you believe young teams like uh, the Buffalo Sabres are. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels like there's a few teams that are ready to take the next step, but we say that every year, and it becomes like who's actually ready to take that next step. Um, You know, like I look at Buffalo, Ottawa, and Detroit and say, are these teams all ready to kind of move up? I say the same about Vancouver. Uh, was 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 Calgary just a one-year kind of thing? Um, I think there's a lot of questions around all of it, but I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think that you know that least division with Florida, who has some talent, um, and whether or not you believe, I think the Buffalo Sabers and and the Ottawa Senators are ready to move up and start contending. And if they're as good as they could be talent-wise, that might be a better division in the Pacific. Dare I say? on a radio show in Calgary. Uh, Timmy, I'm tired of hearing about the uh, the Canadian tax with some of these teams. I think a lot of uh, teams and, and maybe fan bases of Canadian clubs use it as a crutch outside of maybe yeah. Toronto and Montreal saying, oh, no, it's it's the Canadian tax. I just think if the team is ready to compete for a Stanley Cup and win, guys just want to go there. 
Ottawa, when they were really good, they were attracting players. Players were staying in Ottawa. Winnipeg, when they lost to Vegas, when the, when they potentially had Stanley Cup aspirations. Nobody was talking about the hockey tax then in Canada. I just think it's a crutch that fan bases and, and some of the media use a little too much. I think winning cures all. And if the Winnipeg Jets were the best team in the NHL, guys would want to go there to potentially win a Stanley Cup. Agree or disagree? Uh, kind of agree. Um, I don't think that the Ottawa, excuse me, I don't think that the Edmonton Oilers uh, can attract the kind of free agents that they would like to play around uh, two of the greatest players on planet Earth. I mean, I think, I mean, I think we can all, I love Darnell Nurse. I think he got a million a year more to stay in Edmonton, don't you? Feels like it. Like, I, I in- you know, like, and I am, I am like a Darnell Nurse guy. Like, I am a Darnell Nurse supporter. I am not the, there's a lot in Edmonton that say, like, I just think, I think there's little, I know what you're saying. It feels like whenever it doesn't go well, people go to that. But I, and, and when they win, it becomes a lot easier to bring people in. But I also think like every once in a while, there's a few guys with a choice. And we, I think we all know that you got to pay a little bit more in certain posts in Canada. I don't know if Calgary's one of them. I know Edmonton's one of them. I know Winnipeg is one of them. And, and Winnipeg had their guys. They always signed. It just didn't work, right? Now we are uh, also watching the Jays as they're in this hunt for October baseball. It feels like the Texas Rangers are the team to chase down. They've got a four-gamer coming up against them in like 10 or so days here. What do you want to see from the Jays over the course of this weekend? Pitching's been good. Bullpen's been good. Bats have been decent lately. What are you looking for this weekend? Yeah, if there's some way that they get a few guys on a heater against these three teams that are basically the worst three teams in baseball. Uh, find a way to get Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, confident and rolling because he's when, when he's that guy, he's among the best players in Major League Baseball. <laughs> Excuse me. But he hasn't been that guy. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, I'll give him a pass as I continue to choke and probably need some water. <clears throat> uh, Alejandro Kirk had the baby. Do we give him uh, a little bit of a, uh, a pass because he has a young child at home? Um, professional sports, no one cares. Mm. But I do, but I do understand and hope that maybe he can find it. Um, you know, there's there's a bunch of guys, George Springer, on this team that have underperformed. Let's be honest; uh, they need to kind of get going. Coors Field is a great place to kind of sort of get going. And if the Jays, but Chris Bassett said it after last game. I don't know if you guys saw that post, but like he was an ultimate believer, and he was like. Listen, a lot of teams say they have it in the room when they don't really have it in the room. We have it in the room. And I tend to agree with them. It's just that, you know, it's a long season, and I am one of the more patient, or I preach patience all the time. Patience has run out, right? Like, those guys got to get going, and if they don't, then the Jays are going to be on the outside looking in. To me, it's as simple as that. You've been getting the pitching. You're adding Chad Green to a good bullpen already. They're, they're so worried about the offense that, you know, Spencer Horwitz, who has been tearing it up in Buffalo, is going to be part of this call-up group to this team. You've seen what David Schneider has done. They're trying to catch that lightning in a bottle. Like, to me, it's simple. Get the bats going, and this team will be a threat. Like, and I mean a real threat 
because pitching plays in the postseason, but you got to get there. And to get there, I think the bats got to get going. Um, Timmy, I, I've been thinking about this uh, for a while. I think you're the perfect guy to ask this question to. I know Vlad Jr., uh, we, we, we just keep waiting for him to be a superstar. He was right there in the MVP conversation, but really hasn't lived up to that expectation yeah. since. Yeah. Who's more likely to be a true superstar, Scotty Barnes or Vlad Jr.? Um, I think I think it's still Vlad Jr. I, I, like, here's Sometimes we overthink things in sports, and I get it. There's a lot of money to be made. Uh, people like to dig into numbers. But I have a thing that I used to do on Tim and Friends before they turned that bleep off. But uh, I used to call it chuckles per 60. And it's just guys that can make you laugh. And Connor McDavid does it all the time. Um, like the true superstars in sports do it all the time. And I see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. do that to other pros where he does things that just makes other pros go, holy crap, what did that kid just do? And he's not a kid anymore, and he's got to put it all together. And, like, the hard-hit ball stat is one that kind of... Infuriating? Yeah, all of the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. uh, defenders. Well, we'll look at the hard-hit balls. And and listen, like, my son plays a certain level of baseball, and... You know, I tell them all the time, listen, the game is just to hit the ball hard. If you hit the ball hard, you're going to be, sometimes you're going to hit it right at a guy and you're going to be out. And sometimes you're going to uh, loop one and it'll find a spot and it'll be infuriating. But the game is to hit the ball hard. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hits the ball hard. They just got to find a little tweak, a tweak that we've seen before in his game. Um, and listen, you know, I remember I was watching a, a San Diego broadcast. Uh, sorry, a Seattle broadcast, and they were talking about Julio Rodriguez's numbers in the minors. And the numbers weren't – he didn't play very long in the minors because he's so good. But the numbers weren't great in the minors, but everyone knew because he was hitting the ball so hard that those numbers would play in <laughs> in the majors. And they have for Julio. Eventually, I think mm-hmm. these are going to start to go for Vladdy. He'll make the adjustment. He's just too good. He's just such a great talent. I don't know if like there's other things that you can do to make sure that he is in uh, whatever the great condition to play. Um, you know, whether it's uh, as simple as not trying to expand the strike zone. Like I feel like there's something. There's a tweak like that was made, and, and all you got to do is go back to last year and all those people on Twitter saying trade Bo Bichette until he goes on the most ridiculous August you've ever seen and has been the Jays' best player for this entire year. So, like, it can be that simple in baseball. Listen, I'm not going to give Vladdy a pass. I think he's cost himself a lot of money over the last little while, uh, but I still think it's in there. I think he's got a better chance mm. than Scotty to be the true superstar. Um, Tim McAuliffe, host of Sportsnet Central. Uh, have fun watching the second half, and you'll never unsee my Dylan Brooks take. I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Okay. And I'm I'm very happy to be uh, a part of your bald white guy show. Okay. Uh, thanks, Tim. You'll do it again soon. <laughs> be good. All right. There's Tim McAuliffe, host of Sportsnet uh, Central. Maddie, uh, you know how we wrap up. Uh, wrap up. You know how, how do we wrap, wrap up, up the show, George? <laughs> How do we wrap it up, bud? Oh, man. 
Red Wings is one of those that we've all said Wed Wings at one time in our lives instead of Red Wings. Do it all. I always want to say. Um, what? The uh, Yays and Rankies. <laughs> because they're in the same division. Yeah. So you usually say them together, and I always want to just flip the words. The Yays and the yeah. Rankies. I like that. Makes it sound like you're a huge Tampa Bay fan and not um, a big fan wrap, of the Yankees or the Rankies. Uh, we wrap up every Friday with the Speargrass Golf Show. We're also giving away tickets to the Equalizer 3. Oh, wait. It's, it's the first of the month. We don't have a, a four-pass of golf passes, do we, or no? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thought we'd give away one a month. Okay. We'll do it next week then if we have passes. But yes. I'm not sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll double okay. check on the break. I like how I say that uh, live on the air too. It's like, do we? Do we? Do we know do we what's not? happening? We do not. Okay. We're looking at easy problem. Good job. Good job, GVP. We'll do the Speargrass Golf Show. We'll give away movie tickets. Uh, we'll add that next. Uh, it's the big show. Russell Kinross, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's the big show. Russell Kinross, Sportsnet 960, the fan. We'll wrap up the week. Um, I think we got some G- GVP. We got some plays of the week to do at the end of the show. Sure do. Okay. Uh, we'll do that. Uh, we'll also give away some uh, movie tickets to go see the Equalizer 3. In honor of a Dutch TikTok influencer, Vera Diekmans, uh, she put out, uh, she, she's tired of being single. She's a lovely lady, by the way. Um, she threw out a boyfriend application. What, what would be some of the highlights of your boyfriend application? 960, 960, name and location. We'll do that to wrap up the show. We'll do some plays of the week. But first, it's time for the Speargrass Golf Show, brought to you by Speargrass Golf Course, Calgary's most friendly and relaxed golf experience, just 30 kilometers southeast of the city. Uh, joining us on the line right now, the co-chairman of the 2024 CPKC Women's Open, which will go down right here in Calgary. We say good morning to George Hardisti. George, how are you? Thanks for this. I'm well. How are you guys doing today? We're great. Thanks for jumping on. Um, the countdown's on now. The tournament went down in Shaughnessy. It was a rousing success. Uh, are you are you are you counting the days down? How excited are you that uh, next summer can't come soon enough for this event in Calgary? Well, we're we're, we're happy. We have uh, eleven months to uh, prepare. There's <laughs> obviously a lot of work to do. Um, I think what really makes us uh, focus on you know. The, the coming months is the excitement from our members who are inundating us with questions and and uh, um, wanting to get involved in a variety of areas. So that really sharpens our focus. And between Kendra Kotz and I, we'll move pretty quickly now to get our committee chairs and vice chairs involved in the details, which we uh, many of which we picked up in Vancouver. So yeah, it's starting to focus for sure, and uh, that's only going to grow as we get closer to Christmas and the New Year. George, how long of a process was this to get the women's open to uh, Earl Grey? My understanding is that um, Gulf Canada and the city of Calgary were working pretty closely um, to bring the event back to the city. As you know, uh, British Greens has hosted at least three times, maybe four over the years, and and did a fantastic job. But I think the city was, uh, for obvious reasons, keen to get the the uh, the tournament into the the city proper. Uh, my understanding is uh, our board was approached uh, sometime last year, mid-year, and this was obviously done uh, on a confidential basis. And then through the fall, 
uh, Golf Canada had it down, had the prospects down to uh, two to three prospective courses, and it worked out well for Earl Grey. They they visited the course, um, had lots of conversations, and and liked the setup of the course, the physical layout, um, and because the course can move people very well, and obviously we're we're close to the center of the city, which mm-hmm. makes a makes a big difference. My co-host George and I, we were able to uh, get out and play the course a little bit earlier in the year, and the member we were with was mentioning there has to be some changes made to make this kind of to the level for the tournament. Can you tell us a little bit about what has to happen to the course to be ready to host a tournament of this size? Sure. Um, with respect to the, the 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 playing nature of the course and the layout, the changes are minimal. Um, uh, the LPGA people are in uh, on Tuesday for another conversation with our uh, our superintendent Terry Shikowski, and they're going to talk about layout. And they've already had conversation on pin placement, height of the rough, but the physical structure of the course will remain as it sits today. Um, there's there's been no changes re- requested by the LPGA. With, re- with respect to the layout of the course, the tournament won't play the same layout that the members do. Um, because they need to and want to set up hospitality suites to the greatest level of efficiency. Um, because we've got water, for instance, around our 18th hole, so we've got to move the uh, that hole uh, around. And our, for instance, our number 10 becomes the number one hole because behind the number one, there's a there's a large area, as you may know, since you played the course, to set up those hospitality suites. So the changes are um, certainly cosmetic and basic on the playing side. Um, the LPG is pretty clear how they want the greens to run. They make adjustments during the, during the uh, tournament. So physical changes are pretty limited overall. That's fascinating to me, the fact that the LPGA uh, will come in and kind of change the greens a little bit, I guess. Like, what is that process like? Do you have any idea, knowing that it's so far out? Well, in... I, when when I say change, they'll they'll just adjust the mm. uh, the stimp on the greens, right? So I know uh, talking to Mitch from the LPGA in Vancouver, uh, and Terry could speak to this much better than I could, our super, but um, they'll adjust the greens based on how the play is going. So, for instance, Shaughnessy's greens, a lot of them tend to tip front to back, and because the ladies don't put it nearly as much spin on the ball, um, if the greens in it from my memory get up into that 12 12 and a half creeping toward 13 they'll dial them back a little bit mm. because um shaughnessy's a is a pretty tight course and uh there's not a real room for error around their greens uh i don't think earl gray is any less tight but our greens are quite a bit different they're not as um in in my estimation they're not as slopey as some of the shaughnessy greens but we do have some pretty uh subtle challenges to our greens so they're going to have to pay attention to that as well for sure but that's an lpga thing though and and they'll they'll nail that pretty good uh george i wanted to ask you because you did get to go out to shaughnessy and kind of take a look behind the curtain at how everything runs at the tournament was there anything that surprised you or anything you learned that might be something that the general public might not know about either how these tournaments run or anything along those lines you know it's funny when you, you get excited about seeing seeing the the players, and I, I think 
the thing that stood out, uh, most of the stuff that stands out is pretty non-sexy stuff. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you're, you know, you're talking to marshals and you're talking to whole captains and volunteers. And most of the stuff that I could list for you will make your, will force your listeners to snooze here. I mean, it's pretty basic stuff, right? <laughs> um, the, and of course, we're going to try and put our stamp on it at Earl Grey. Um, it was great to see Shaughnessy because our courses are quite similar, heavily treed. Um, they have a little, the, the thing that did stand out, gentlemen, is that they have quite a bit more room between the holes. So if the holes run parallel, they have a, quite a bit more room than we do. So that was a good, I mean, that's not terribly interesting to your average golfer, but I think as far as managing people and moving people around the course, we'll have to adjust a little bit and figure out how we're going to do that well. But by the same token, because there's not a lot of extra room on our course between holes, we can move people pretty well. I think the big surprise to answer your question was how close the ropes are to the, to the, to the, to the actual fairways. And yeah. you think to yourself, well, that seems odd, but they just don't hit it offline. Like, <laughs> like I do. And they don't, certainly don't hit it offline. Like, you know, most golfers do. So that was the big surprise. And you, like, you don't see a lot of balls way off the fairway. They just don't miss hit a lot of balls. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was um, the big George surprise. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of what kind of an advantage is it uh, for the Canadian Women's Open that uh, it's kind of treated like an unofficial major with the amount of top players that show up for this thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it is an advantage, and I think Golf Canada has done a wonderful job of elevating the tournament, not only for the players, but for the caddies as well. And the one thing we did learn is the caddies have a really big effect or a really big, big amount of input on the tournament. And obviously on the, 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 the uh, on the players and their attitude about that tournament. So at Shaughnessy, for instance, and this doesn't always happen for caddies, they have their own lounge with massage table. They had a barber for them this year. Hmm. So they, they have a spot where they can just go hang out. And I believe they got locker room space um, somewhere in the facility. So when you keep the caddies happy and feed them, it sounds simple, but they feed them along the same food and the same offering that the players get, which is, which was phenomenal at Shaughnessy because we had access to those lounges as well. And I think that's what elevates the, notwithstanding the prize money is still pretty good. It's the quality of the event. I mean, I think they get, they had only one of the top 50 players that wasn't there. Um, so that, that says a lot and the, the players seem to really enjoy the environment. They're treated pretty well. Uh, George Hardisti is the co-chairman of the 2024 CPKC women's open, which will go down right here in Calgary down at Earl Grey. Uh, George, thanks for your time today. Uh, we're all jacked up for the tournament next summer. Looking forward to it. Okay. Look forward to having you out again and, and talking in person. Excellent. Sounds good. Uh, there he is on the uh, Speargrass Golf Show, uh, brought to you by Speargrass Golf Course, Calgary's most friendly and relaxed golf experience, just 30 kilometers southeast of the city. There you go. I am fascinated by just kind of the preparation to host a tournament like this. You know, we had Chris oh, yeah. on, and we talk about it with the Shaw Charity Classic, and, and that's another one. But that's a little bit different because it comes every year, so you can kind of get some things in place that are yeah. foundational this is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Like, when do you start growing the rough? Like, when does that happen? Like, how far out of the tournament? So it's super thick to make it super hard and penal. At what point do they stop members from playing? At what point do right. the grandstands go up? 
When do yeah. the players get to come and do practice rounds? Do they come earlier in the season if they're not playing on a weekend or something like that? All these questions. When can we weasel our way into the media? Yeah, day? how are we? <laughs> how do we, <laughs> we start way our, our way in again? Like a pair of cobras. Yes, sir. <laughs> Running around without legs. Unbelievable. That's it. Um, got a few minutes here. Uh, we, we thank our friends at Landmark Cinemas. They've been giving away tickets to the Equalizer 3 all week long. Two passes, general mission, two medium drinks, two medium popcorns. Uh, in honor of a Dutch uh, TikTok uh, influencer, Vera Diekmans. Uh, you should look her up. Um, she said that she's tired of being single and she's throwing a boyfriend application. Uh, we've asked our listeners at 96960 uh, what would be on their boyfriend application. Um, some of these are interesting. Um, I hope they've been cleaned up a little bit for radio because uh, Texty McTexterson is our Sportsnet 960 The Fan texturing robot, and he joins us. Oh, Texty, what do you got for us? Matt from Riverbend, what would I put on my boyfriend application? I've got a Costco executive membership. Ooh. Oh, this guy's Executive. a big wheel. Exec? What? Now, is that a, is that an instance where you open your wallet and you kind of have it sticking up that they can see it for sure? It's like, oh, sorry, that's just my oh, Costco. I left that membership. thing up by accident. <laughs> oh, funny how this thing is right beside my black Amex. <laughs> sorry, it was yes. covering up my prepaid one hundred dollar Visa that we're going to use to pay for dinner tonight. <laughs> You got the tip, right? You brought cash? It's it's right next to my uh, receipt for my prepaid phone that yeah. I use. I only have 64 minutes left in the month. Yeah, I might not text you. I might run out. Yeah. All right. I like that one. Simple. Keep them going. Dale in Harvest Hills. My application would include that have not been convicted of killing anybody. Yet. Dumb. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> You're giving that one laugh. too much love. Why? <laughs> yet. Well, he said yet. Yeah. No, I, I got well, it. Well, he hasn't done it. Yet. He might. You never yeah. know. Yet. What was the Tom Cruise movie where, like, the um, they, they, people are about to commit crimes, so they stop them? What the hell was that called? It wasn't very good. Great synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's like uh, they stop crimes that are about to happen because they see the future. I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to yes, Google yes. Tom Cruise stops crime. Minority Report. Oh, okay. Minority Report. Oh I, oh, I wrote Tom Cruise stop crime. It's the first thing that came up. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that was, in that instance. Apparently, in we got to eat our words, Jimmy P. I take it back. <laughs> George okay. is the man. Uh, George so, is the man. So, for future reference for both of you, if there's ever an instance where one of us is trying to think of a movie starring a specific actor, you're supposed to give every single other movie that it isn't. Mm, okay. Like, you should have been busting out, like, it's not Top Jerry Gun McGuire. and Mission Impossible. It's not Mission Impossible. Like, it's, yeah, okay. Cocktail. Jerry Maguire? Like Days of Thunder. Jerry Maguire. You should have mm -hmm. thrown all those at me. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Just for future reference. I'm going to... Hold on. Can you say that again? I'm going to write that down just so I remember how to do comedy from now on out. Jeez. I'm going to go to the it's whiteboard quickly. Me. Yeah, quickly put that on the, on the whiteboard, whiteboard for please. Us. Right on the whiteboard, please. Right on the... Shan. Wrong movies. Yeah. 
whiteboard. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Steve in New Brighton. I can rap the really fast part of Eminem's rap god. Word for word. Wanna see? I'll show you <laughs> no, right now. Stop. No, don't. Don't do it. I don't mind Wanna that see? one. He's got a skill. I, I like that. Want to see? I can do it right now. No, yeah. stop. Don't. Don't no, do that. You. No, that's. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. It's just like when people go, I can flip my eyelids. No, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah gross. Get away. Yeah, I have, an, I have an eye phobia. Don't do that, please. Yeah. Okay, lizard person. Get away from me. Yeah. Don't do that. I can peel this face. So I can peel the skin off my yeah. face and show you that I'm a lizard and I run the world. <laughs> Terrifying. Anyway, um, how many more we got? That's also a very good verse, by the way. I've got four here right now. It goes okay. in. Let's go. Wedley in Bridalwood. Vera, I know the theme songs of various 80s and 90s TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wedley, I like it. Like, Magnum P.I. Uh, theme song's a banger. Mm -hmm. Even to this day. Yeah. It's a banger. Oh, yeah. For Once you again. to have it that quick, I'm impressed. Once again, dude, I worked a jack. I have all of these. Hit me with another one. I bet I have it. Cheers. Mm. <laughs> I got you, bro. <laughs> I got you. Next. Making the way in the world today. Growing pains. Do you have that one? Ooh, growing pains. No, I oh, don't have gold. Hmm. Can I interest you? What in about Full House? Can I interest full you? Full House. Go golden Girls. Oh, thank you for being afraid. Stay golden. Do you have Full House? No, I don't have Full House. What the? How about Beachcombers? Ah, Beachcombers. Where everybody had a very small toucan. <laughs> Those toques that just flip, too. Love me some CanCon, baby. It it looks like a sailor's hat, but it's a toque at the same time. I, <laughs> yeah. I just can't explain it. <laughs> All right, keep rolling. What else do I have in here? Mash? All right, one more. Oh, wait, that, you know that's one of my skills. This one's... I do the Mash song theme song with my mouth. Is that on your boyfriend resume? Probably. The title's very depressing, that. All right, let's keep going. Texty. Dustin in Springbank. Are you looking for a, a soft, sensual man? Someone who will love and support you. Keep looking, but if you're willing to settle, why not me? <laughs> <laughs> keep right, looking, Dustin. but if not, like, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm here. Okay. I think Dustin's the clubhouse leader. Come and get it as he, like, slaps his belly with one paw. Come or maybe. Get it. Or maybe Dale who hasn't like a killed. Seal? Maybe Dale hasn't killed yet. Okay, keep going. Gary from Airdrie. The highlight of my BF resume is she won't have to be jealous of any other women wanting my train wreck of a body. <laughs> Old, fat, and bald. It's all yours forever, baby. All right, Gary. <laughs> train wreck you know of what? a body. <laughs> you know what? Uh, Gary gets points for being named Gary, too. Yeah, I guess. You don't meet too many Garys. No, you don't meet a lot of Garys. Guys, I think it's Jerry. It's, it's G-E-R-R-Y. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, then why is it Gary? Taxi still learning the Botched language. Watched it. Mm. Shan. Lost um, in translation. I'm sure you the broadcasting advice with you, too. Maybe. Um, Peter Gross told me this years ago. Uh, oh, this legendary is not, sportscaster. This is not an applicable place to put this. Shan, 
Even if it's 2% your fault, it's still your fault. <sighs> okay. I thought it was that. one. Yeah, it was one last Whatever. time. He keeps moving the goalposts on this. All right, let's continue. Scott from Calgary. I could take her to the equalizer. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, there you go. It's pretty good, Scott. Yeah. It's pretty good, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be well done. That's making me laugh. Yeah, yeah. clever. He's clever. like, I can just take her to the equalizer. Yeah. I got tickets. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet prize. Like, how, she'd how be many in, more we obviously. got? One more. Okay. Aaron, Lethbridge. I can fold a fitted bed sheet and unshrink a wool sweater. The sweater may be made of wool, but I'm made of marriage material. <laughs> I like all of those, but I think I like Scott the most because it's directed to the point. I can take you to Minority Report. No, he's not taking... No, that's the, the equalizer. The equalizer. Equalizer. Oh, because I just read Minority Report on the text <laughs> line. Hey, what else will George read on the text line? Monkey? Okay, congratulations, Scott and Airdrie, right? Scott from Calgary. Damn it. Brutal. Read it, do it again, do the whole thing. Scott from Calgary. I could take her to the Equalizer. Okay, congratulations, Scott from Calgary. <laughs> You're going to see the Equalizer. Maybe you Atta should try to DM. Let's go! Here at uh, two general mission tickets, two medium drinks, two medium popcorns. Congratulations. Before we uh, say goodbye with uh, Plays of the Week, uh, GVP, what do you got in Mucho Big Show, Mucho XL, hour number four of the Big Show? Uh, in Mama Mucho Big Show, we're going <laughs> to kick things off with uh, our chat with Ben Wagner. Bougie's playing tonight, so let's start it off with him. Okay, cool. Um, we're not here Monday. It's a long weekend. So uh, enjoy your time off, everybody. Uh, who who are lucky enough to have the long weekend off. We will talk to you Tuesday. Have a terrific uh, long weekend, last long weekend of the summer, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk to you Tuesday. Bye. Bye. This is the best of the worst of the big show with Russick and Rose. What was the hot tub dynamic like? Like, obviously, uh, bathing suits? Yes. Duh. Okay. Okay. (laughs) What question is that? Three Just dudes checking. in the tub, dongs out. I'm not like you, like, oh, how could I get past an 80? Oh, oh, woe is me. Whoa. That's my George impression. You the f***. You on your team. Hit it, Texty. Flames, Wayne in Edmonton. Okay. And Pony at the dish. Swing and a drive. And get up, ball. DC cab, when these guys hit the streets, guess what yep. hits the fan? That's the slogan. Race relations. Denzel Washington is the equalizer. Great job, gentlemen. Dennis, why are more hockey players doing this? Because they're not Austin Matthews. That's a great question, man. What is this little fire hydrant out here? Be chief of the bomb squad. No. Shin. My bad, guys. Shin. Not not allowed to turn on your mic unless we ask you to. Shin. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Shin. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> I'm a 30-minute pooper. It's <laughs> a long time. You're calling the bell out of the bullpen? Watch out. That's a stay-at-home meal. We're seeing gaggles of women? Yeah, I, I introduced myself to Azam three times before I realized his name and who he was. <laughs> you did that with me, too, George. <laughs> Sorry, Shan. <laughs> Lots of stuff to do. <laughs> bro, just write it write it down on the whiteboard, bro. Bro, it's on the whiteboard. Maddie, always going to talk to you. And big guy, George Rustic, how are you, bro, man? <laughs> well, I'm not short. Settle Let's down, bud. Settle down, bud. I've taken harder hits from a bong. Hey, name bar, bud. <laughs> name bar, bud. 
Don't you have to get on your tippy toes to scan your card, get in the room? Isn't oh my that, goodness. Isn't that, is that not true? Okay. Play Impossible Flames Trivia. Hit a GVP. Let's do it, big guy. The end of the show. I'm George Russick, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Bye. The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose. Weekdays when you wake up.